0: welcome to another edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom and coming up on the show, we're going to talk about a few things, but I want to start off by telling you a conversation that I had that's going to set the table for the rest of the things that we're going to talk about. Now, during the springtime of the year, it becomes the I guess you can call it kind of the holy season. You have for the Christians and the Catholics, you have Lenten season that leads into Easter. For the Muslim faith, you have Ramadan. And at some point, they go simultaneously. So, unless you're probably Jewish or you don't believe anything, you're probably celebrating something at this time of year. So... I'm in class, it's an adult class in case you don't know and you're new to the show. I teach as part of the things that I do I'll teach college education, which is you know adults eighteen plus plus. and then there'll be times where I also work in the elementary middle school high schools okay k through twelve, and work there as well and so I really get to run the gamut when it comes to education from twelve or I mean from uh, kindergarten you know through twelfth grade and then adult learning or higher education. And so this happens to be an adult class. And we're talking about just whatever. I think it was the beginning of class and, you know, how students roll in and you're just kind of, hey, how's it going? Greeting them, talking to them casually. And I think something about lunch came up because it was right after lunch. Maybe what did you have for lunch? Did anybody eat? Something like that. And one of the gentlemen in the Class responded that he was fasting. So it piqued my curiosity because I do know some people that are in fitness, and a part of their fitness and health and exercise regime is intermittent fasting. So I was curious, and so that spawned the conversation I'm about to share with you. Now keep in mind the gentleman I was talking to is from the Sudan, and he's Muslim. Also in the class is a lady from Togo, and she is Muslim. Then I have a person, a lady from Mexico, who is Catholic, married. I have another lady in class from Mexico, but she's a Christian and divorced. And then I have another lady that was involved in the conversation, who is from Guatemala, Christian and also divorced. And then myself, Christian. So I asked him about his fasting you know, what it was about. And he said it was a part of Ramadan. Ramadan was starting, and you have to fast, I guess, in the Muslim faith from sun up to sundown, dawn to dusk. And then you're also praying five times a day, and um, so he's telling me a little bit about it. So it started this conversation with uh, the kind of the five, six of us, and we're on this conversation. And first off, the whole conversation you have, like I mentioned, you've got different people from different faith and different experiences, And it was a peaceful conversation. There was no holy war that went on. Everybody had a chance to speak. There was disagreement, obviously, because we didn't believe the same thing. Uh, There's a difference of beliefs, obviously, between Muslim, Catholic, and Christian. But we were all able to talk, Ramadan, Lent, and everything else in between. And so he was sharing the fact that, you know, part of the time, so he has to, no drinking, no eating, no nothing, and then he has to pray. Well, I asked him about the prayer times, and there's a, a time where he's supposed to pray that is during class time. So I asked him, why don't you leave and go pray? And he says he'll do it right after class, or he does it right after class. And so we're, we're talking, and, you know, somebody like I, I thought it was bizarre that people can go from sunup to sundown without eating. I'm not one to fast. And he said that they'd get up at 4 or 5 in the morning, make their meals, eat, and then go through the day. And so that starts some conversation. And then the Catholic lady talked about how it's a no-meat Friday. They eat fish on Friday. And then someone mentioned, I don't remember which one, but in the Christian faith, you have Lent where I guess it's a token thing because I really don't see how giving up French fries for 40 days strengthens your faith. But for Lent, you give up something for those 40 days. So, again, a belief that mirrors something. Okay, You're giving up eating all day. You're giving up meat on Friday or you're giving up your French fries or whatever you decide to give up for Lent. And so we're having this conversation. Again, it's cordial, cordial disagreement too. And then we're talking about the prayer time. And then we're talking about kind of like the sacraments you get into with the Catholic faith, talked about marriage, because this is what really spawned the deep conversation. The Muslim gentleman talked about how he can have, he doesn't, but he talks about in the Muslim faith, you can have four wives So the lady asked, well, how many wives or how many husbands can a wife have? And the answer was, of course, one. So then the Muslim from Togo, the lady chimed in in support of that and said she was completely fine with that, and I don't really know what her situation is. I didn't ask, but she was in support of that. I know she has a husband. I don't know if there's three other people in that relationship with her, but she does have a husband. And so that brought up the kind of the excitement, so to speak, in the Catholic lady because she was all about possessive. Her man was her man. She wasn't going to share with anybody. Nobody can have him. And, uh, and so then the Muslim guy asked her, does he do what you say? Do you boss him around? Kind of jokingly. And she's like, yeah, I do. Well, it turns out, as I recall, sharing this story with somebody else at another time, that oftentimes in the Spanish community, the Mexican community, it's a matriarchal society, right? And so the woman might have a little bit more authority, so to speak, than in the Muslim faith where it's a man's world. And so we're talking about fasting, we're talking about marriage, we're talking about other religious practices, and it was spawned a conversation that was civil, that was, uh, we learned something, you know, uh, I mentioned the Christian divorcees, because in the Catholic faith, it's my understanding that marriage is a sacrament, and so divorce is a big no-no, but apparently in their Christian faith, it worked out where they had to. And were able to get divorced because apparently their husbands were, weren't very nice people. And so it went on and on. So then later that night, I teach a night class, again, adults. And I go up to one of my students. It's break time. He's kind of in a lounge area. And I'm talking to him, and I see this lady in the corner. And she has her headscarf on, so I'm like, oh, maybe she's praying. So she looks at me, and so I make an indication to her, are you praying? And she's like, no. I'm like, oh, okay. And so then I happen to ask her, are you fasting? And she's like, yeah, we fast. And um, now it's nighttime, and so we've moved into the dark hours. So after, I guess, sundown. So I think it would have been okay for her to eat, but she hadn't eaten yet. So we're talking about that, discussing that, and asking more things. I asked her if she was married because of the earlier conversation. And so she was telling me about the dating experience of a Muslim. If you can talk on the phone all you want, if you want to date, I guess, The man has to come over. You sit in one room in a chair. He sits in the other room in a chair. The door is open, and you can have conversation. I think that's about the extent of it. She was telling me that in her head covering, the only people that are able to see her without her head covering is her father, uh, her uncles, her brother's brothers, and her father's father, grandfather. That's it. No one else. And, in fact, and I knew this, that you're not supposed to get close or touch them. And so I was talking from afar, and she wanted to show me something on her phone. Her prayer times so she said it was okay to come close. So I was able to get close to her to see her phone and see her prayer times. And I know she was somebody that had left class to go and pray. And so I knew that, you know, that was a part of the, um, the faith of the belief of Muslims. And then she started talking about some other things like, you know, Muhammad and telling me about him. And now I don't subscribe to the Muslim faith, but I didn't start a holy war. And I was really interested to learn about their faith about the differences, maybe some similarities. You know, got Jesus, you've got Muhammad, two different people, obviously, and depending on what you believe, you might believe something different about the person. But again, it was fascinating. And she thanked me for the questions and said, anytime you have converse- uh, questions, we can have conversation about it. And it was an enlightening experience, okay? So then the next day, I'm subbing at a middle school, at a middle school, happened to fill in for a teacher, for the afternoon, she had to go do something. So I'm like, okay, I've got time. I'll stop by. And a student presented a pass, a prayer pass. Okay, he's Muslim. It's Ramadan. So um, I asked him if he was fasting. He said, yes. I said, did you get up at 4 o'clock in the morning or 5 and eat? He's like, no, I ate at 11 p.m. the night before. Now we're approaching like 1, 1.30 in the afternoon. He hasn't eaten in a while. And so I said, what did you do at lunch? And another student chimed in and said he threw it away. So I thought this might be an opportunity. Again, I don't practice the Muslim faith. I may not agree with the Muslim faith. I have my own faith, my own beliefs. But I felt this was an opportunity to possibly educate someone in culture differences, in understanding each other. So I asked the other student who mentioned about the guy, this kid throwing his lunch away, I said, why do you think he didn't eat his lunch? Why do you think he threw it away? And the response from the kid was, oh, he probably didn't like it. And so I shared with them, "No, oh, it's Ramadan, and they fast. They fast because it's a part of their belief system. Of course, the kid had some questions. It's not religious class. It was science class. So, you know, we didn't talk too much about it. But again, just kind of sharing an understanding so that as Ramadan continued on, if they saw this student not eat lunch, they maybe had a better understanding of Of why it was. And that's the point of what I want to talk about tonight is understanding. Because here we're talking religion. Religion and politics are the two things you're not supposed to talk about. The Muslim faith, as we are taught in news media, is a violent faith. Right? 9-11. You look at the Taliban. Some of these things were taught certain things in the media That may be true for that distinct group of people practicing that violence. But there's a lot of people out there that practice the Muslim faith that are peaceful. And so understanding them and talking to them and having this conversation with them was enlightening. And again, it was civil. There was obviously differences of opinion, differences of beliefs. Um, especially when you're talking, you know, it's that old, what, kind of joke. Catholic, Muslim, and Christian walk into a classroom, in this case, and have conversation. And then in the Christian perspective, you know, you've got that divorce, whereas in the uh, Catholic faith, I guess that's, you know, no ta- that's taboo. You can't get divorced, supposedly. Now, I know there's different levels of Catholicism and beliefs, depending on how hardcore you are in your belief system. And that was even that way with some of the Muslims. When I was talking to some of the younger Muslim, uh, like one was middle school and then one, I don't know what the age of the night night class lady was, but she seemed younger. You know, they weren't so hardcore in some of it. So like the one lady was asking me, uh, would I fast? I'm like, no, man, I can't get a couple hours without eating. And so then she was telling me that if you're a new convert or what they allow for people to do sometimes is to work your way up. So maybe you go a few hours and if you need something, maybe drink water or something, you're allowed to do that. So again, she was a little bit more understanding to being able to maybe, you can't go the full time, okay, maybe a little bit more modern thinking, which might not be as good if you're a traditionalist. But the point was the conversation went really well, okay. So we take that into our climate today, the toxification, the Twitterfication of our country. So what do I mean by that? So... Recently, obviously school shootings become have become a part of society, and everybody jumps on that bandwagon as a Second Amendment thing. Now we're not going to get into the Second Amendment. You can go and look up your own stuff, but there are a few things that I want to do and use as a comparison. Okay, so first off, it's a Christian school in Nashville, right? A transgendered person who I guess is now female, twenty-eight year old, went to the school, shot. Her way into the school, that's how she got in, shot the doors, the glass broke, was able to get in, and killed three students and three workers. Three nine-year-olds and a couple people in their 60s. Okay, very tragic situation. And, of course, it should not be condoned. But because of the nature of the school, and because it was a Christian school, here's some of the responses from people. And I'm not going to name the people because I don't want to give them credit Because they're not worth it, but look look at the difference between the conversation I had with the Muslim, Catholic, and Christians versus these people, news media people. I don't condone Audrey Hale's actions, though I understand their outrage against an intolerant state that brainwashes children through religious indoctrination. The reality is this human still identified as that child attending that school and carried that pain into adulthood, one Twitter person wrote. Okay, obviously you have no understanding of anything if that's going to be your, your tweet. Of course, you probably support transgender ideology, and you probably are extreme liberal, which of course makes you a hypocrite because there's a lot of things that other people, religious or not, think that you brainwash and indoctrinate kids. Drag shows, LGBTQ, and other things. Black Lives Matter can become an indoctrination. But apparently, according to this, only Christians brainwash and indoctrinate. Then there was a, uh, another person, I guess this is a progressive talk show host, mocking the Christian school for not praying enough. Very surprising that there would be a mass shooting at a Christian school, given that lack of prayer is often blamed for these horrible events. Is it possible they weren't praying enough or praying correctly? despite being a Christian school. And then, of course, the tweet got deleted because of the blowback. So again, ignorance by this person and its entirety writing out this tweet. But you start to sense the vitriol, the disdain, the hate for a religion. Okay, Religious hate is rampant all around the world. But at a time like this, when you have the loss, Now, could you imagine? And I think, see, this is the difference too. The narrative is changing because a lot of trans people are taking up arms. NPR did a huge piece about, uh, I think it was called like the Rainbow Ridge or something like that in San Francisco where trans people are owning guns and learning how to shoot guns. The last three or four shootings have come from non-binary people or people of the LGBTQ, LMNOP lifestyle. But again, these people have no idea what the Christian faith is about, and they're tweeting about it, and they eventually have to take their tweets down because they're so off base. Here's another one. If prayers alone worked, there wouldn't have been a mass shooting at a school where they pray. do your effing job. That from a gun control activist, a TV show writer, Now you know why I don't watch TV shows. Dead, maimed children equal thoughts and prayers. Drag queen story hour equals impassioned condemnation and priority legislation. The thing is, if we gave an assault rifle to every drag queen, the GOP would make story hour a national holiday. Again, ignorance, intolerant. And that's the other thing, too. You're learning that the ideology of some people, maybe you believe in the Muslim faith, maybe you believe in the Catholic faith, maybe you believe in the Christian faith, Maybe you believe in the LGBTQ faith. But there's a lot of people that are intolerant in the name of tolerance. That could be seen across the spectrum. Muslim, Christian, Catholic, LGBT. But you're losing the narrative of the white supremacist like we saw at Columbine and these other places. And as you start to get into it, here's another person comparing, an ABC News journalist comparing the band of transgender medical care for minors as well as a law prohibiting adult entertainment, which includes the drag shows and stuff, and saying that, oh, this is why the school got shot up, because it's in a state that banned LGBTQ-type stuff, legislation. How about Newsweek? Drag shows and gender-affirming care for minors were banned in Tennessee this month. Assault weapons remain legal. And it goes on and on. Drag shows and gender-affirming health care are what get banned in Tennessee. Thank God Tennessee protected the children from the so-called horrors of drag and gender-affirming care so they can be shot up at schools by AR-15s. In light of three children getting killed in school shootings in Nashville, remember that Tennessee Republicans have squandered their time in office banning drag shows under the pretense of keeping kids safe. See, the thing that they don't believe in and the thing that they totally don't agree with is obviously the Constitution, and we're not going to get into it, but again, their ideology makes them their own God. Muslim believes in Allah and the prophet Muhammad. Christians and Catholics believe in God, Jesus, and then Catholics have saints and Mary, the mother of Jesus. Prayers, the Muslim faith, praying five times a day, pretty devout. I know the Jewish faith, not talking about that much, But I know I've worked with uh, Jewish people that have to pray multiple times a day, and they stop in the middle of their work for their noon prayer. So people practice their faith, and a lot of times faith includes prayer. It includes maybe following an ideology that has been set for a period of time. I think even Mormons believe Joseph Smith had some tablets somewhere that told him what to believe, or maybe it was Joseph Smith. Yeah, Joseph Smith, right? And so everybody has some sort of tenant, some sort of underlying belief system that they believe in. And it's usually pretty concrete over the years. It might adjust a little bit here and there, depending on the branch or the the denomination or whatever. But it's pretty concrete. You can look over the history of time, and Christians usually believe the same thing. There might be some minor differences, but it's pretty much the core tenets are the same. Same with the Muslim faith. Same with the Catholic faith. Same with the Jewish faith. Okay, But when you start to get into stuff like this, people that probably don't believe, you start to believe in ideology that is just whatever. And that's what you get. You get no logic whatsoever. No common sense. You get intolerance in the name of tolerance. You get insincerity. I mean, think about this. They're bitching about LGBTQ ideology and things getting banned, and there are six families that lost somebody. Loss of life. They don't care. But of course they don't care because they're pro-abortion. They're pro-gender, you know, child mutilation and gender-affirming care, as they call it, puberty blockers, things like that. And in fact, I find it so interesting that there are people calling for legislation to change. Here's some of the things that I've heard. One psychologist on Twitter said that the brain doesn't stabilize until you're 25, and therefore you should not be able to buy a gun until you're 25. People need to go through background and mental health checks for a long period of time under the care physician before they buy a gun. As I'm reading this, I'm starting to think, wow, maybe this is some of the same things that LGBTQ people should go through if they want to change their gender. If you want an abortion, maybe you should go through some of these same things too before you have sex to see if you're even capable of dealing with ramifications of a sexual activity. It goes on and on. So anything that you want to change in the world of guns, why not apply it to everything else? Would that not be fair? Equal application of the law, but no, the law doesn't apply to them because they're elitists and they frankly don't care about you. And you can see that in their ideology. You could see that And the toxicity of Twitter, people don't have any common sense. They don't have any logic. They don't have any real thought. They just repeat what they're told. That's the liberal ideology. At least the so-called conservative ideology has free thought. And you can look at Twitter, for example, and see the difference of opinions from more of the conservatives. But the liberals, it's all the same thing. And it's all disgusting. And it's not based in anything that is logic or reason. It's based in the whacked out nonsense of a cold heart. Because as you think and as you are, it starts with the heart. And the heart is evil and it's getting worse in this day and age. So as if that's not enough. And again, we talk about it several times. About what goes on from the heart to the mind to the mouth. And it gets mixed up. So again, here you've got a response to a tragic event in Nashville. And this is the response from people, negative, vitriol, anger. I mean, why would you even associate with somebody like this? I mean, seriously, you've got somebody in the hospital. What if I came in and I said, oh, your grandma's dying. Good for her. Yeah, you know, you guys should have probably believed something different. You guys should probably pray harder. Whatever your faith is, you should have prayed harder. "Ah, She's dying. Who cares? you would get pretty pissed off. Knuckles would be flying, I'm sure. You definitely would not talk to that person ever again. Or what about, let's just look back over the last couple of years, vaccine versus no vaccine. How many people are not talking anymore just because of that? This is the same thing. How is it that you can even support this type of thing, support this type of hate and vitriol? Why can't we come together like the conversation that I've had about religion with different people through Ramadan, through Lent? Why can't we have a peaceful conversation and learn? We still disagree. You're not changing my mind. I'm not changing your mind, but I have an understanding now what you believe. But how can you take things seriously when you've got leaders in our country? I don't get too political on this show. I might use politics or stories as a basis like I am tonight. But this is the response of our president. He comes down and apparently he's going to make some comments. Now, the comments might originally have been intended for another type of event, but then this happens. I remember when 9-11 and the towers went down, George Bush was sitting at a book reading at an elementary school, and he got criticized for not reacting or acting right away. He still sat there. I remember people drilling him for not moving. He should have acted, but he didn't. And so you start to see all the response. Benghazi, with the way that went down, and how they blamed a YouTube video and American citizens died because of their inaction. Or what about Somalia, Mogadishu, Black Hawk Down? So again, people get criticized all the time. Now, some of it might be you made a bad decision, but you acted. Some might be perceived, and again, it depends on your ideology, of course. But what about this response from the president? So he's going to come down. We just read all the responses from people from news media to other people, entertainment and supposedly people of influence and their responses to it. And then you get this from the president that comes down and he is going to share his comments about the shooting.
1: My name is Joe Biden. (laughs) I'm Dr. Joe Biden's husband. (laughs) And I ate Jenny's ice cream, chocolate chip, I came down because I heard there was chocolate chip ice cream. <laughs> By the way, I have a whole refrigerator full upstairs. <laughs> you think I'm kidding? I'm no, not. Ben, how are you, pal? One of the best guys in the United States Congress, Ben Cardin. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> Folks, uh, welcome to the White House. It's a delight to have you all here. And who are those good-looking kids back there? Do your kids all four of them? Yes. Well, stand up, guys.
0: <laughs> and it goes on from there. He talks about the kids, talks about his family, how they had four kids him, his two brothers, and a sister, and goes on and on about these kids. He talks about ice cream, goes on and on. And then he's going to go into talking about the shooting. So, how are we supposed to take anything serious when you've got the president coming down and not taking it serious at all? And then he goes into not. A mournful tone, but a ban on guns. Blaming guns. It's always about the gun, not the person. I've seen many people on Twitter say guns is the number one killer for kids. No, it's cars. We look at the CDC. See, and that's the number one we've talked about it in the past where misinformation spreads six times faster than the truth on social media, including Twitter, especially Twitter. And people say that. But so you've got that, okay? And so now you've got people talking about how, from this shooting, how the trans people need to arm themselves because of the genocide that they're facing. And I use the word genocide because that is the words of the people saying that LGBT should have weapons because they're facing a genocide. But does it really come down to there's something like a genocide happening to them. Again, it comes back to the leadership. We played this before. We'll probably play it again. But I'm going to play it again now. You've got leaders, mostly Democrats. In fact, the Democratic Party is probably the party of of hate and anger, really. If you really want to know what somebody's about, what they are adamantly and violently preaching against is probably what they... What they believe in. It's always we got to point out that they're doing something wrong. But what they're doing wrong is actually what we're doing. But we got to make sure that they're the ones that get caught doing it. So you talk about violence. Think about violence over the last six years. And the people that have gone on TV. Maxine Waters. Cory Booker. Kamala Harris. Joe Biden. Nancy Pelosi. Talking violence. Remember where they blamed Trump for the so-called J6 insurrection? He could have squelched the violence, and now they're on a witch hunt against all these people, making them no different than China, Putin in Russia, Venezuela, Castro in Cuba, imprisoning their dissidents, people that believe opposite, their competition in the election. But listen to this. You don't believe me? Well, let's start here. Before we get to that, Because that's a montage over time. What about even more recent times? Forget about this. Jane Fonda. Talk about murdering pro-life people, pro-life politicians on The View.
1: We have experienced many decades now of having agency over our body, of being able to determine when and how many children to have. We know what that feels like. We know what that's done for our lives. We're not going back. I don't care what the laws are. We're not going back. I think That's the women will rise up. That's the activist. That's Jane speaking.
0: Yeah. And, and, and and she probably will get a Nobel Prize. But it's very, the truth. Very, very soon.
1: It, it is the truth. But we're I, not going to do it. Besides, I, besides marching and, and protesting, what else do you suggest? Well, well it doesn't happen murder. overnight. It's not a miraculous. <laughs> what did you say? What? Murder. <laughs> she's
0: kidding. Wait a and, of course, everybody laughs. Ha! She's kidding. Ha, ha, ha. Lily Tom's like, what'd she say? She said it twice. As the clip goes on. They're just trying to backtrack, and she has a look on her face like, nah, I'm being dead serious. Murder. She's calling for murder. We just now had a violent episode, a shooting. And there's a party out there that is calling for murder. There's a party out there that is pro-violence. You can't deny it. You can sit there and turn me off, hate me, whatever, but you can't deny it. You can play clip after clip after clip of people talking about violence, talking about hate, and preaching it. How about this uh, montage, like we talked about, Maxine Waters, Nancy Pelosi, Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, the vice president, Joe Biden, the president, take him out back and beat him up like in high school. Really?
1: I, I, I just don't even know why the current uprisings all over the country, maybe there will be. There needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. You've got to be ready to throw a punch. You have to
0: be ready to throw a punch. Donald Trump, I think you need to go back and, and punch him in the face.
1: That I thought he should have punched him in the face.
0: feel like punching him.
1: I'd like to take him behind the gym if I were in high school. If you were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. No, I wish we were in high school, I could take him behind the gym. I will go and take Trump out tonight. Take them out now, okay? When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. And you them anywhere. I have thought an awful lot
0: about blowing up the White House. Please. Get up in the face of some Congress people.
1: People will do what they do.
0: I want to tell you, for Dutch. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh. You have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. We're gonna go in there. We're gonna.
1: This is just a warning to you, Trumpers. Be careful. Walk lightly. And for those of you who are soldiers, make them pay. If you had to be stuck in an elevator with either President Trump, Mike Pence, or Jeff Sessions, who would it be? Does one of us have to come out alive?
0: (laughs) Party of violence, party of death. Jane Fonda, murder. Kamala Harris, does one of us have to come out alive? What about Chuck Schumer? Calling out the Supreme Court justices, saying that, you're bringing down the wrath. And then uh, apparently a person identifying as non-binary or something like that actually went to one of the Supreme Court justices' house was gonna, wanted to assassinate him. But see, they're a party of they, can, they can't they can take it. They'll dish it, but they can't take it. And then their hypocrisy comes out in the so-called J6 farceness. It goes on and on. You've got the people tweeting about a tragic event. Mocking Christians at a Christian school. You got the president coming out. He's going to talk about some stuff. Make some comments on it. Be talking about ice cream and talking about kids. Could you imagine if those family members were sitting there watching, looking to see what the president was going to say? What if those people at that Christian school, what if they were Biden supporters? Do you think they still would be right now? And then who are they looking to? There's no dialogue. There's no conversation. I can sit and have conversation and understanding. And people can express gratitude for me talking to them. But yet, in this arena, we can't. We have to take opposing sides. And the diversity that we all have becomes divisive. And now it's clear that there's a cavern... A crevice or a hole or divide that isn't going to be filled in this country. And now you're watching our country implode. Remember that QAnon shaman guy that's apparently sitting four years in prison? Here was some chucklehead that made some comments about what they should do with him shoot him. Yeah. Shoot him. Yeah. Like, yeah. if it. You burst into the United States. If he was dressed like bin Laden, would you have shot him? So the party that wants to ban guns is now calling for you to shoot somebody. Jane Fonda murder. Again, let's go back to the conversation we had faith based conversation. Muslim, Christian, Catholic. We could put Jewish people in there. If you want to follow, put Mormons, people like that. Hindu. Of course, everybody has their extremism, but not everybody's like that. But here you got these people. There's no Their ideology of liberal politics is what's driving them. Their religion. And there is no tenant or core faith that they follow. Anything is okay, including killing the opposition. Now, people sit there and say that's not true. They're just joking. I don't joke about killing people. I don't think that's funny. I don't joke about, hey, let's go out and... Kill some people. It's not funny. I don't tweet about killing people. I don't post anything about that. You can go back and look at all the podcasts that I've ever done. Never once have I called for the death of anybody. I've had many people wish me dead. They've told me so through social media and other messaging. I've never once called for it. Why are you guys that way? Why do you have so much hate in your heart? Maybe you do need to find... Some sort of religion that isn't what you're already believing. At least that way, it would give you some sort of core faith to follow, some sense of what's right and wrong, because there is none of that in our society today. There is no right or wrong. People that do wrong justify it as if it's okay. It's unbelievable. So you take a look at what's going on, and then we get to this story. College professor suspended after saying it would be far more admirable to kill racist speaker than protest. So apparently there was something out in Stanford where a a judge went to speak, was invited to speak, and then everybody protested because apparently he's more of a conservative judge and then some dean of equity or some nonsense Somebody that makes entirely way too much money for not doing anything except the color of her skin. Broke up the speech. There's a huge protest and on and on and on. And so this Wayne State professor, Stephen Shaviro, Wayne State University, English Department, suspended without pay after he made a Facebook post that encouraged people to kill their political opponents instead of merely protest them. Now, does that mean we can, conservatives can kill Democrats or liberals? Or is it only liberals killing conservatives? Because the thing you're talking about or referencing is the fact that it was a conservative judge that was being protested by liberal people. He goes on. I think it's far more admirable to kill a racist, homophobic, or transphobic speaker than to shout them down. Oh, of course. Only conservatives can be killed. When right-wing groups invite such speakers to campus... It's precisely because they want to provoke an incident that discredits the left and gives more publicity and validation to these reprehensible views than they could otherwise attain. So obviously this guy has no interest in having dialogue or conversation to try to understand the other side like we had when we talked religion. This guy just wants to kill you, kill me. He continued. Thought we were done. Are you kidding me? The protesters get blamed instead of the bigoted speaker. So it's the bigoted speaker's fault. The university administration finds a perfect excuse to side publicly with the racists or phobes. The national and international press has a field day saying that bigots are the ones being oppressed rather than the people those bigots actually hate being the victims of oppression. So why is it hate? If we have a belief in something that we strongly believe, just like you strongly believe, why is your rhetoric about murder? about killing, about throwing a punch, about blowing up the White House, about an actor killing or the, assassinating the president. We don't do that. So why do you? We're willing to sit down and talk about it. I've often talked about, okay, if you want to do it with the Second Amendment, let's do it with abortion across the board. No, nope, can't do that. Won't even entertain conversations. We want guns taken away, and we want our abortions and child mutilations too. We want infanticide and child mutilations and you get nothing. Nobody has ever taken me up on that offer. Okay, we'll give up guns. You give up abortion. They won't do it. No conversation. No dialogue. And then the president of Wayne State comes out, makes a statement. Says the professor was suspended without pay. Referred the post to law enforcement. We'd be surprised if they did anything. Wouldn't that be a terroristic threat? We have on many occasions, goes the the president in the post, defended the right of free, of free speech guaranteed by the First Amendment to the Constitution, but we feel that the post far exceeds the bounds of reasonable, protected speech. Good for them. It is at best morally reprehensible and at worst criminal. We have referred this matter to law enforcement for further review and investigation. Pending their review, we have sp- suspended the professor with pay. Oh, now it's with pay. Here it says without pay. And now here it says with pay. Journalists, get the facts right. So it's either without pay or with pay. Effective immediately. Well, if it's with pay, well, whoop do you do? He gets paid for not doing anything. While Shaviro has been condemned by many, he spent his academic career at the center of power rather than the fringes printing some books and stuff like that. So again, a president having to speak out against a member of the college calling for the killing, the murder of political rivals. And that's why this Nashville shooting isn't getting the coverage or did not get the coverage that other schools might have. And that's why the narrative is starting to change, because the Uvalde shooting in Texas, a guy by the name of Ramos, he was Hispanic. No longer the white neo-Nazi shooting up schools. A lot of mass shootings done by minorities. I think the Buffalo shooter, or maybe the shoot in Detroit, was black. A lot of non-binaries taking up the cause in guns. So this is college. So we talk about why do parents, you know, a lot of the protests or the pushback on this is, well, Tennessee banned gender affirming care, which isn't gender affirming. It's child mutilation. Let's just get the facts right. And then it's um, drag shows. Okay. We have to protect kids. We have to protect the kids. Oh, you want to protect kids, but we got to take guns away. Well, your colleges are calling for, well, your celebrity. Well, let's start with your politicians. Your politicians are calling for violence against people. You've got your celebrities like Jane Fonda and others on TV calling for the murder of conservatives. You've got presidents coming out in a moment of like a mournful moment, like a somber tone, like a time where we should be like mourning and uniting. And he comes out talking about ice cream. You have a professor at a college saying you should just kill your political enemies. And then you have another teacher in Minneapolis. Minnesota, what happened to you? used to be a good state. A Minneapolis science teacher recommends teachers include anti-capitalist materials in their classroom and praise the idea of having no respect for authority. Goes on to TikTok. You know, they're talking about banning TikTok. It's not going to happen, and I'm going to tell you why. I heard this the other day. A Democratic lawmaker came out And said that if TikTok goes away, it will definitely hurt the the Democratic Party. Their messaging is so strong on TikTok that it will hurt the Democratic Party if TikTok goes away. So keep that in mind as you move forward in following the story. All you influencers that are making $20,000 a month and more. Watch the way it votes. See how it goes down. Because the Democratic Party has a strong messaging on there, if it goes away, they lose it. And there's no way they're going to lose that platform of messaging and getting the word out there and indoctrinating people through that platform. So they might raise a fuss and maybe the GOP is raising the fuss because they realize that, although that would give them too much credit to actually think that. But again, it comes down to it has nothing to do with the fact that it's from China and China is looking at things and stealing your information because Facebook and everything else on social media, no matter what platform you're on, is doing the exact same thing. So keep that in mind. It probably will not go away and you're safe doing your half naked dances making 20 grand a year or 20 grand a month, actually, over 250 grand a year because I don't think the Democrats are going to support getting rid of TikTok and losing that big platform. But here you've got this teacher laughing about the fact and praising the fact that my students this year have no respect for authority. I love that in a person because I have no respect for authority, says the teacher, whatsoever. But she goes on, it has been frustrating because the teacher realizes she's the authority and so she's like, damn, the man, but I'm the man. Well, at least she recognizes who a man is. And then she goes on, or the story goes on to say that she has anti capitalism uh, posters up in her room. Capitalism, we rule you, we fool you, we school you, we eat you, whatever. So, then of course, the school comes out with its nothing, nothing burger of a response. As a general rule, public employees, as citizens, have the right to personally comment on matters of public importance without restrictions or reprisal from employers. So obviously the school district is okay with her um, and her rhetoric. But again, you've got a high school teacher teaching don't respect authority. You've got a college professor calling for the death and killing of political rivals. You've got Jane Fonda on The View saying that we should murder people. That's the only way you're going to make change. You have a litany of political people on the left talking about violence, celebrities blowing up the White House, assassinating the president, calling out Supreme Court justices, saying that all hell's going to rain down on you for what you just did, overturning Roe v. Wade. And then an would-be assassin shows up at one of the Supreme Court justices' homes. Of course, nothing happens to Gorsuch because they were able to protect him. I believe it was Gorsuch. But then Schumer Nothing happens to him, even though he was the one that instigated it, which brings the direct hypocrisy of what happened on January 6th and that Democratic committee. All this violence, hey, weren't they just doing what you were supposed to be doing according to your own words? But no, can't do that because only liberals, only Democrats can do that because we got to push out the conservatives. And again, it goes back to the heart. Evil is in the heart of men. And so as we have these conversations in the religious world, during the religious season of Ramadan and Lent, and you have understanding, and you begin to know why people believe the way they believe, you can understand it better. I will never become a Muslim. I will never practice the Catholic faith. I will always pretty much stay strong in what I believe in. It doesn't, I don't have a theology like many people. Whatever your ideology and your belief is, you can easily sum it up like this. Most people, what they believe in their ideology, whatever it might be, religious-based or not, it's like a jellyfish out in the ocean, just bobbing with the ebb and tide or the ebb and flow of the tide. So imagine this, okay? Think about this. You have people out there that are like jellyfish, okay? Jellyfish in the ocean, ebb and flow of the tide, and then eventually somehow, some reason, they end up on shore dead. They have no direction. They have no control over the direction that they're going. They just go wherever the ocean takes them. And along the way, they cause death. Of course, their death is a means to eating naturally because they're a jellyfish in the ocean. But again, death. A lot of people's ideology is that way. It's not firm in anything. There's no concrete belief in anything. They're like the jellyfish bobbing up and down on the ebb and flow of the Twitter tide. Whatever Twitter says, that's what we got to believe. Whatever TikTok says, that's what we got to believe. And you're starting to see it more and more. You're starting to see this group thought come out more and more. And like that Democratic lawmaker said, if we lose TikTok and that platform, it's going to hurt our messaging because the indoctrination takes place there. And that's where people learn their ideology. So whatever happens today might be different tomorrow or next year. A few years ago, nobody cared about pronouns. Now all of a sudden we do. A few years ago, There weren't as many people identifying as LGBT. A few years ago, your school and mass shooters were white neo-Nazis. Now they're non-binary people, people of color, minorities. So things are changing. And where is that coming from? Well, some people think it's social media. But it all stems from a lack of belief in something. There's no hardcore value that anybody believes in. It's just the ebb and flow of societal tides. High tide. Get excited. Low tide. We're going to chill out. But whatever we do, for some reason or another, death and destruction follow. As in the jellyfish. Stinging. It's food to sustain it. It's almost like that's what they need. Because everybody's calling for it. It's like if they don't have that death, if they don't have that negativity, if they don't have that hatred, it's like they can't survive. Madonna. I've thought long and hard about blowing up the White House. Really? That's what you're investing your time in? We talk about mindset being everything. And your mindset is to blow up the White House instead of using it maybe to put yourself into some new music, maybe some different music, do some creativity, but you're thinking about death and destruction. How many of you were in that uh, court case, that civil suit? Team Depp. We just heard him talk about thinking about assassinating the president. Why would you support someone like that? Frankly, who cares about rich people arguing over who said what? But that's where people are. People have the national enquirer type of mind. That's why you see people watching reality shows. There's no substance to them. Just a lot of infighting, just a lot of drama made-up drama, soap operas were that way, where the conflict went on and on and on with no resolution. used to be able to watch a soap opera, supposedly, I was told, and then six months later, the story or the plot line hasn't changed much. Now, with reality shows, the drama is ramped up to tenfold on steroids. And people eat that stuff up. Because what we put into ourselves is what's going to come out, garbage in, garbage out. If we put wholesome, clean stuff in, and that's what people miss the boat, When you're talking about a state like Tennessee wanting to ban drag shows for kids, certain books, gender-affirming care, it's talking about what's being put into the kids because what's coming out right now is what we're seeing in the world because they are exposed to all kinds of garbage on social media, television, movies, music, and other places. Garbage in, garbage out. And that's what we're seeing. And so our parents rising up against school boards trying to protect their kids. legislatures trying to rise up and protect their kids. And people shame that. They think it's bad because they can't get the hooks in them. And the very people that are claiming that a state like Tennessee or a school like Covenant is preaching indoctrination and hate towards a certain group. Which is not the case because they haven't sat down and actually talked to Covenant School or talked about what they believed, like I did with students of a different faith. But instead they make assumptions and they throw out there and they do the very thing that they claim the other thing is doing. They do the very thing, indoctrination, hate, and so on, that they claim and accuse Covenant School is doing. And that's why we are where we are today in society. Why can't we just sit and talk, have dialogue? We are well past that. And fortunately, we might be at the point of no return, and we're definitely to the point, and I've said this before, all great empires, when you study history, all great empires usually implode from within. They're not overtaken. Some may. But they're not overtaken. They implode from within. And you are watching, without a shadow of a doubt, the implosion of the American Empire. And it's done specifically and with intent and purpose by the leaders of our country. And every one of its citizenry is falling for it. Or I should say, most. Not everyone. There's a few people out there. But we're falling for it. And the divide is getting greater. The hate is getting stronger. There is no conversation. And here's the other thing when you can, this is so true. You learn this in debate. Everybody should take a debate class because you learn so true. When you get to name calling, you have lost. You have no fight, no argument, no knowledge, no information. You've lost. So when you're on social media fighting and someone starts calling you a name, just know you've won the argument because that person has no knowledge, no understanding outside of the little factoids or headlines that they read. They have no substance because they've never done research. They don't know what they think. Just like people saying guns are the number one killer in kids. That's a false. That's a lie. Just go to the CDC website, for example, and you'll see that cars, automobiles, the number one killer of kids ages 1 through 17. And yet people soak up the lies and the misinformation as gospel. And we get to where we are today. This is Two Steps Ahead Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Sonny. Hey, you may check out our uh, website, RadioWarp.com. That's Radio W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. You can click on the Two Steps Ahead Podcast logo, and all of our shows pop up. We've got a Rumble page that has the videos, and then there's an orange bar that goes across the screen. That's our audio SoundCloud account. You can click on that, and it goes to the audio page. You can download the shows and take them with you on the go. If you subscribe to either page, a Rumble page or SoundCloud page, you'll get notified when new shows go up, and so you'll never miss an episode. You can also listen anywhere you listen to podcasts, such as Spotify, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can just internet search TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast, and we pop up. Or you can ask uh, Surrey Alexa, or Google to play TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast." and we pop up. So we're pretty easy to find. If you want to email the show, TWO, two is always TWO. So two steps ahead podcast at gmail.com. That's T-W-O, two steps ahead podcast at gmail.com. Send me an email. Let me know what you think. I will respond. If you're uh, rude, impolite, or basically anything that would be negative on Twitter, in your email, it will get deleted because I've gotten to the point in life where I'm not going to entertain it. I'm not going to fight with you on social media. I'm not going to entertain disparaging remarks. I'm beyond that. I don't need to get down there and argue with you because obviously you do not want to listen. You do not want to hear my side. You just want to engage in a fight because the only power you have is a keyboard and I'm taking that away from you. You post something, delete it. Continue posting, I'll just block you. I don't need you on my platforms. I'm fine right where I'm at without having your negativity on my platforms because this is all about taking my passion, making it happen trying to motivate and inspire you to take your passion make it happen. And some of the obstacles are the negativity that comes up in our lives. And I don't need your negativity on my platforms. So if you get dumped, blocked, et cetera, now you know why. If you you want to have honest conversation, honest engagement, like we did when we talked religion at the start of this episode when I was sharing that story about the people I was talking to about religion, Then we can have dialogue and conversation. But if you're just out looking for a fight, if you're name-calling me, you're obviously gone because you don't have the intelligence to have a conversation with me, so I'm not even going to engage. Bring something serious, and we can talk. Otherwise, I'm just going to kick you to the curb because you're not worth my time, because I've got better things to do, and hopefully others will have better things to do than to engage in your nonsense. Again, two steps ahead podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Sonny. Hey, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend and until next time, God bless.